in the courtyard in the port city of Ra'an that has been molded to Vale's liking of a Colosseum-esque arena where the party just did battle, Val was able to complete an impossible feat and fuse the shards of Imin without the spillage of blood. Vale steps forward, kind of kicks the shard with his foot a little bit, and looks back up at Val and says, Most impressive. If everyone would like to, you can be out of the encounter. Because this made quite a bit of a sound, too, when this happened. Calneas has looked, has turned around and has stopped engaging in this bout with Mick. Mick does likewise. Yeah, Reese kind of being alone in the middle, hears it, turns around. Efron was far enough a move that he, yeah, he very obviously is no longer in fighting mode. Lyrian hops down from his eagle and says, it's over, and then touches Lerotz and casts Cure Wounds. Oh, what a nice guy. So you get 22 health back. Coolio. All right. Um, after receiving that health, he gives Lyrian a hearty slap on the back and... <laughs> Ah, oh, darn good fight that was, lad. No shadows there. I'll be feeling that for a while, if you know what I mean. Ah, oh, good show, good show. No. Oh, it's over, you say? What happened? And then there's this big crash as the bricks in this wall fall apart on one side, and this big old lizard crashes through it. Ah, <laughs> lad. Kind of stumbles into the arena, and then tromps over to the side of Leroth's. And gives a big like snarl at Lyrian. I have two questions, and this is this is important mechanically. Can I make the saliva mixed in with the water a minor health potion, giving like five HP back? <laughs> no. Oh, but he's been drinking it for so long. That's fine. No, that's fine. I just thought there might be some curative properties. No, it's just straight up lizard spit. All right. And then after <laughs> uh, this uh, this lizard arrives, he says. Ah! Now, calm down, calm down there, boy. Calm down, lad. That's just fine, it's fine. That's just a bit of friendly spot between friends, eh? And he kind of, like, jostles um, Lyrian with his elbow pretty pretty roughly. And he says, what I must say, huh? one can always use a drink after a bit of battle, you know what I mean? And he grabs it, grabs his gourd that is hanging off of the saddle on this lizard, grabs his gourd, takes a swig, offers it to the lizard, offers it to Lyrian. <laughs> Lyrian actually takes a swig. <laughs> That's a little put hair on your chest there, lad. That'll do it for you. All right. Taking one more swig, bottles it up, slings it back over the side of the saddle. I think we're ready to go, indeed. Now, Vale, you've seen your bloodshed, so you've gotten what you want, and we got what we want. Shouldn't you reward Val and heal us all, as you promised? I made no such promises. Uh, And you seem to be doing quite all right, which is... All I ever said that you would be. Now, I didn't get my bloodshed, but I did get something much more interesting, something I didn't expect so soon, too. Perhaps I was wrong about you, Val. Perhaps you don't need her after all. No, no. Who am I to say? You do. Very well. Take your shard and be off with you. I'll have no more of you here in my realm. But I, you should probably let him take it if anyone touches it. And he points at Reese. Uh, Reese, who had just walked over to the group, a little confused, so he kind of waits for someone. Had someone picked it up, or is it still laying on the ground? No, it's on the ground. It's still on the ground. All right, so yeah, Reese is just kind of standing there and kind of shrugs his shoulders, and he bends down and picks it up. 
Wait a second. Before <laughs> before that happens. As this is happening, because that happened. As this is happening. So he's yes, like. Yes, as this is happening, he said, Lyrian says, wait, Reese, we might want to be holding on to each other. Uh, Ryan, up to you. Did I hear that before I touched it or do I touch it? And Well, I have a question, Brett. How fast does sound travel? <laughs> I mean, re- I'll let, no, this is all on you. Oh, okay. This is on Reese. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, he was bending down. He's about to grab it. He hears Lyrian giving this slight warning. Yes, actually, that's most likely a good idea. And he kind of looks up around at everyone. And Vale grits his teeth and he just uh, looks at Reese. He's like, so damn close. Very well. And he turns on his heel and he walks just up to the wall and straight through it. All righty. I'm assuming everybody's approaching Reese at this point. Yes. We all congregate. Yeah. I'm sure. Kelnias does. Oh, wait. So, yeah, if Kelnias approaches, Reese kind of looks at her first. Captain, do you suppose to come with us? I don't mean you cannot. I just mean you have your crew, your ship here. Well, in all honesty, that's why I wanted to keep this secret from the rest of them. I knew we wouldn't be able to bring an entire crew, and they've been good to me. But it's been a long long time that I've been here, and I have much that I still need to accomplish on Egadon. If you'll have me, I would like to accompany you to whatever next step in this journey. Did Kelneas tell us what her journey from Vale is supposed to be? No. That was never mentioned. Just that she had something. Okay. I see no issue with this, and Reese kind of just glances up at the rest of the gang. Any opposed? No, she trusted me. Quite. If you're taking her, would you be willing to take me as well? <laughs> I would be interested in to return to this, uh, Tagadon. Even if it has been too long. If you intend to come along with us, make sure your lizard is touching you as well. Come here, boy! It comes over, and he's grabbing it by kind of like the frill. He's giving a nice rub. Alrighty. This lizard is also large enough that it's kind of like jostling everyone. <laughs> To be able to reach him, so it's like <laughs> touching everyone by touching just uh, little. It's cute. All right. Then, seeing everyone is now in a tidy little circle, Reese reaches out his hand and touches the shard. Unlike when you touched the shards before, where everything sort of progressively changed and the world shifted around you, it's just blink and you are gone. And all around you is the blackness of space and stars twinkling. And beneath you, a blue and green and brown planet sparkling with white clouds and distant storms. And for those of you who are familiar with the geography of Egadon, or at least the Fell, you recognize the continent that you live on. <laughs> we made it back? Well, no, you didn't make it back, Ammon. You're looking at the planet below we're in you. Space. Ah! <laughs> the final frontier. So we're like, we're like up in the air. Yeah, you see the planet as if you were looking at Earth from the ISS. Oh, okay, okay, all right, yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, and are we like? Except you're just standing. I was gonna say, are we standing on anything, or is it just nothingness? You're just standing on nothingness, but there is, like, if you if you tapped your foot, you would hit solid. Nothing. Solid somethingness. <laughs> it's a uh, space earth invisible style. Mm-hmm. Well, this kind of freaks Reese out. So he actually kind of s- jumps back a little bit from the uh, from the shard and takes a second to kind of grasp where everything is. Do you drop the shard? 
No, he he like grabbed it when he went to go touch it, so he jumps back with it. Uh, okay, okay. Reese, I, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. I believe this is the realm of the ethereal that Vale spoke of. The realm? Okay, but I don't see anything around us except for that, and he points towards the planet. That looks like a realm, and we're not on that. Very astute, Reese. That is Egadon. So we're back. Well... In a sense, did we not go to this fifth realm? Thou looks to Afron. <laughs> I would not say that we are back. I do not know about you, Reese, but to me it is quite obvious that we are not in the fell yet again. I would say with some confidence that we are in Sindor's realm. You see, he's like staring at Agadon and totally is like mind blown by it. He's like, ah, that was some trick now. Is it always like that? Traveling via these uh, shards. No, no. He's saying that to anyone. He's just like talking out loud. It's actually usually a much different experience than that, Lerotz. This was unusual. One, we normally arrive on land. And two, it's not normally something so sudden. <laughs> Interesting. And he slams his glaive, like the butt of his glaive down the uh, whatever is holding them up. And he's like, ah, solid enough for me. Well then, where do you think we should go? I believe that the ethereal is already aware of her presence. It would be good to note that for as powerful as Vale was, an ethereal is that much more powerful. Vale's power pales in comparison. And uh, this ethereal, you think he will be friendly towards our quest? He will incline himself to help us out? Perhaps. I do not know. I have never met one before. Uh, you are so well-traveled, I figured. Someone. Anyone? Anyone? You, Captain? No. How about you, the, the one with the magic intent? Val shakes his head. Oh, darn. Well, gonna meet him sooner or later. What do you think? Start walking that way? And he just points to a random area in space <laughs> that is on the same, like, plane as they are. <laughs> or perhaps we should wait for Cinder to come to us. Well, if he's as powerful and important as this one here says, you think someone that great will come to us? I mean, I don't want to say this, but let's be honest with our puny mortals, other than his radiance, of course, not you, the other one. <laughs> uh, Every time I figure we'll have to find him And not just stay here waiting You know, fortune favors the bold I I don't quite think we should just Wander off into Empty space But Lerotz may be right I, I don't think Sindur Or well Any of the ethereals for that matter They're usually not too involved when it comes to Mortal affairs If we want to seek him out then we must do so. And just for those of us who are not familiar with all the ethereals, what exactly is Sindor's domain or disposition towards mortals? Well, Sindor is the god of the blood and the body, the father of the sanguine. Interesting. Well, blood and the body I have, the sanguine I am not. But I tell you what, I'll slam down my glaive in front here. If I ever don't hit anything, we know not to step there. I say, uh, this way forward. Uh, there's really only two ways to get someone's attention. Break something, and there's nothing here. Or yell a lot. <laughs> so, uh, maybe we just keep screaming until he bothers to come and talk to us. <laughs> Efron is going to look at the stars. I assume he can see the stars. Very clearly. Are there any, uh... Are, are there any constellations that Efron knows uh, that are associated with Sindor? Do a religion check. 
15. There are different constellations that you remember from your time with the Sanguine. Maybe not Sindur specific, but ones that line up with the governing virtues and those you're able to identify. And I can see multiple of them? Yes. Okay. They seem, however, a little out of place. Like the stars don't line up exactly as they should. Now, does this seem just like a trick of perspective since we're so high up? Or they seem or like the distance from the surface is not great enough to make that much of a difference? I don't think Efron would know that. Okay. Now, while we do not have any solid leads as to where to go, I do have an idea. I can recognize some of the constellations, some that uh, are associated with the five governing virtues. And if we are in the realm of Sindor, perhaps we should follow these constellations. You see, some of them look out of place. Perhaps if we were to find a place where they aligned more properly, we might have some clue as to how to find Sindor. This may sound stupid, but what if we ask? It is very well that he knows of our presence. We can make a request. It is possible. However, ethereals do not normally concern themselves with mortals. However, it could not hurt to try. So, uh, Lerots, upon hearing this, says, huh? Very well. Let's ask him. Shinda, Shinda, your excellency. Uh, great uh, ethereal of blood and body, father of the sanguine. If you, uh... He's yelling this much louder, <laughs> by the way. Thank you for sparing us. If uh, you could grace us with your presence and allow us to find a way from this majestic realm, we would be most honored. And he goes on full kowtow. <laughs> and Lad follows suit. <laughs> I forgot there's a giant lizard here. <laughs> All right. After a few minutes of waiting, seeing nothing happens, he pops up and he says, well, that didn't work. So, Ifran, what direction do you think might make these stars line up? Perhaps we should go this way. And Ifran motions to, uh, you know, basically his best guess. <laughs> well, you keep me on the straight path. I'll make sure we don't fall off this world. And he starts walking around using his glaive as if he were blind. You know, it's like ding, 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 ding to make sure it doesn't disappear. Actually, he's probably not doing a ding, ding, more of a scrape, scrape. So Ifran points out a direction... And then Lerot starts leading the way, sweeping his glaive in front of him as you go. You carry on like this for a good, maybe five, ten minutes. It's not quite clear how much time has passed. But as you come to a stop after a good while, it's apparent that you haven't moved relative, at least to this planet or the stars, in any measurable way. Here's a consideration. Think of what ethereal th he's over. I mean, such as... Blood and soul, right? Now, this might be a crazy option, but we just came from a battle, didn't we? Who's bleeding? Is there anything happening? Am I? I'll, I'll put some blood But you are me. bleeding because you were bleeding from your minor wound. I am bleeding. And we never treated that. Yeah, that's good. So, so, presumably, you are staunching this blood flow. It's possibly stopped, but we never dealt with that. Yeah. Does that do anything? What, stand there and bleed? Nope. I am going to... You can drift some on the floor somewhere. Yeah, we will die for Cinder. <laughs> My gosh. I will I will drip some of it on the floor in front of us and see what happens. So as you take one of your sort of bloodied because you had time to quickly patch yourself up, 
a makeshift bandage of sort, just cloth that's soaked in blood. As you wring it out and drops fall, they fall sideways, actually, toward the planet and then just disappear from your sight. And we can't follow them? I mean, you could. You could walk toward the planet. Well, lads, what do you suppose? Don Peculiar. Do you suppose there's something that we could do with the shards of Imin? Or I guess the blade of Imin? Perhaps. I do not know what you have in mind, but here. And Efron reaches into his bag and pulls out one of the shards and hands it to Larian. I'm going off the assumption that Efron has the other three shards in his pack. I think, I think you do from yeah, Luca. Yeah. yeah. From the rest. So anyway, he gives him one of the, the shards. I suppose he just says, Reese, maybe you could do something. Vale said that you should touch that one. I'm not quite sure. No, no, he... I believe that was merely intended to be another one of his tricks. I think he had something in store for me, but nevertheless, I think you should hang on to it. And he hands the shard out for Lyrian to take it. I guess he takes it. I don't guess. He takes it. <laughs> was I the only one who saw that blood fall sideways? I mean, if we could follow it, why not? Let's take a look. It's not like we're losing anything here. Would anyone like a drink? <laughs> Holding out his gourd. Oh, I... <laughs> Um, can Val have been ritual casting detect magic for the last ten minutes and six seconds? <laughs> yes. So Great. Precise. I'm casting detect magic. <laughs> As you reach out with your mind, you can feel the strands and strings and waves of essence all around you. Just this cosmic force moving around you and circling the planet and flying outwards into the unknown. And it is just overwhelming. Sounds like it. <laughs> this is pure creation that you are standing in the midst of. Wow. Untapped. And there is a large source of it somewhere in this expanse beyond you that you cannot see or reach. Is that in the direction that the blood moved? No, it is in the opposite direction, away from Egadon. Though Egadon itself is a very large source regardless. Okay. This one is more. Um, well, there is a source of very overwhelming magic um, in that direction, opposite of the planet. Um, and the blood moved opposite it. So I, I don't know exactly what this means, but that is... Um, the facts. I'm going to turn this off now. It is hard to look at, and uh, he will dismiss willingly uh, detect magic. Okay. Um, Val, why don't you do a perception check for me? Okay. I would love to. Ooh, 20. Wait. Yes, 21. You do notice that this source is directly where Ephron had pointed out these constellations are of the governing virtues. Okay. And we didn't move any closer to those, correct? No. It, despite all your walking, it doesn't seem you've moved at all. Okay. So the stars are still out of place. Um, I think then the direction that we were moving is the direction of this energy, but I don't know that we will get anywhere moving that way. Do you think you might be able to use intent somehow to move us forward? I could certainly try. Um, I'm, I'm not, but I know it, 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 it's a process. Um, yes. Give me a moment. Val will attempt to move them forward. Hopefully nobody dies. <laughs> Kelnies looks between Lyrian and Val and is like, I, I don't know if that will quite work here, but 
feel free. I used to be able to manipulate essence quite well, but ever since going to Vale's realm, I've lost all connection to it. Do you feel anything here? I feel Egadon, the elements, boiling underneath us, but all Maz can do. It's inherent in us. No, this is... this is different. I don't know what this is. Shall I try Zen, or...? Well, I think we got one of two options here. It sounds like we cannot get any closer to this body, so one, feel free to do what you will with intent, but if not, then perhaps we go with Larotz's idea and I'll push forward towards the planet. I mean, it is the realm of the ethereal over blood and body, and the blood did go that way, so that's all I can offer. I'm inclined to agree with you, Reese. Lerot's hearing all of this information that really is just kind of beyond him. He doesn't actually know that much about intent. It's, it was never really a part of his life personally. Um, he kind of just turns to Mick and he says, Not picking up too much yourself. Uh, bits and pieces here. I just have to decide which way to go. Hey, you know how it is. Times like these. Yeah, I need a stiff drink. I got a little something hidden here. Don't not have enough to share with everyone, but if you'd be inclined to join me, I know I can use something to... Yeah, a little liquid courage, you know? <laughs> and he reaches over and he rustles around for a moment in Lad's pack, and he pulls out another gourd, significantly smaller. Um, and he pulls off a cork, and the smell is that of almost paint thinner. It's some strong crap. It's turns and says, Hey! Brewed this myself. You know, I'm out of free time on an island. Do you like a swig? And he takes his own. But even for him, it's like burning. Like you can see, he takes it and he says, Stout stuff. And Mick takes it from his hand and goes, Sure. And then Mick pretends to take a sip, but then goes, Mmm. Does the. Mick does the, the classic cronk, pour it out on the shoulder. The side, but I know it's good stuff, so. And I go, mm, th- th- thank you, very kind of you. No, of course, of course, no, no nothing necessary. Uh, that's short a fellow looks like he could use one too. Maybe I'll offer him next. Ah, good work, Mick. Good work today. Well, perhaps if we're looking for an ethereal, Sindor, maybe we should go towards this cluster of essence. I don't know how, but what does everybody say? Can Lerotz actually have an idea real quick? I don't know. Can he? No, you can't. <laughs> Lerotz is totally incapable of Lerotz ideas. is going to take just a moment, and he's just going to tip over his little alcohol gourd and see if it also falls towards the planet. Um, yes, it does. It's a little slower, but it looks like is if once released from the confines of the gourd, it seems that it is a completely different state of environment. And it starts to just float off, quickly coalescing into bubbles or spheres, and then float off toward the planet. All right, nobody jump. I was just thinking that. You Um, want us to jump? Well, Lerotz is actually going to charge to the group with his new scientific discovery. (laughs) Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on a moment. Shall I uh, have a little little something to give me a little bit of energy? There with Mick and I thought of something. I have some bad news. The, the blood that fell. Uh, in fact, when I tipped over my gourd here, he does it again. Very little. He's trying to be very judicious with his uh, his homebrew, his moonshine. But he tips it over again, and they 
I'm assuming all, watch as this alcohol again, you know, as it falls out of the gourd, instead of falling down, it falls straight sideways. Yes, and then comes together into little bubbles and then falls toward the planet. So I'm not not so sure that following the blood is in fact our best option. Would any of the the stars here like match any of the realms that we're in? I'm thinking specifically veils because I looked at all the charts in the cap uh, in the cabin and I assume since they're sailors there would be stars there's some way to travel or navigate through that realm. None of those charts that you glimpsed at or recorded match these. Okay. Can I, I mean, because I know that obviously Val is the most well-versed in intent, you know, and probably gives him an advantage when, you know, doing perception check to see where to go or, or what to do and so forth. Um, can also Mick do a perception check uh, towards the misaligned constellations to see if I see anything or... Well, what are you trying to sort of deduce from them and that'll determine what check it'll be? I'm trying to see if that would be the best route to to detect, you know, where Sindor will be. Why don't you do investigation on the stars? Cool, 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 cool. What'd you get? So I have two things. First of all, 20 not natural I got and then I have a proposal afterwards, but go ahead. Okay. As you're kind of looking back at these stars, looking up at them, kind of pointing them out with your fingers, looking through them, and then across your line of vision, you move your hand across the sky and you actually move one of them. Ooh. Everybody, fellas, please look at this. And Captain, I suppose, look at this. And then I move my finger again and I start to move another star, correct? Yes. Did anybody see that? Kelnias is like dumbstruck and wide-eyed and just looking like she has nothing to say. She's speechless. I grab Kelnias um, from side. I go, now, now you try. <laughs> I want to know the deuce. And Kelnias looks looks out and she just waves her hand in space in front of her and nothing happens. And then she moves her hand over to these governing virtues constellations. And as she moves her hand in the space in front of her, the little points of light move along with her finger and then she just instantly recoils it's like good gods above did ifran make known that he knew that the stars were out of line yes seeing this new development in our journey here lyrian turns to ifran ifran you you said that these constellations weren't right there was something wrong do you think that we could put them in the right place Yes. Uh, you see a smile begin to creep across Ephron's face. He's looking a bit happier than he did in uh, Vale's domain. Yes, I do believe so. Um, hmm, let me see if we can, if I can assist you in rearranging them to be in the correct pattern. Um, just for clarification, so Kelnias couldn't, couldn't move the stars that I was moving, but she could move some for a different kind of lore, right? The only stars that have been able to move are the ones within the Governing Virtues constellations. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so any like, of us can do it. You, it can, you can wave your hands in space as much as you want anywhere else and nothing happens. Got you. Okay, cool. Just wanted to know if there was a specific one that she could do, that I could do. It's just everyone. Okay. Efron is going to tentatively put his hand out and try to move the constellation. You are easily able to do so with no effort. If he's doing so, then he's going to try to start moving them into the place that, um, you know, from his memory looks the most correct. Okay. 
do a history check for me then. Crap. Would I be able to help him in some sort of way? Because I feel like stars are one of the things that Lyrian would have studied during one of those times when he was learning about Agadon. I don't think that sort of information would have been readily available to Lyrian. Okay. If anyone, Val would be able to assist with this. What kind of check would you like me to make? History? Yeah, history. Great, I'm good at that. Good, because I'm not. (laughs) You roll too, Efron. I'm a smart boy. What did you get regardless, Efron? 13. (laughs) Okay. Mine is a 17. So you start putting them into order, at least what you think they are. And then when you're done, Val has a chance for to give it a once over. And there are a few that are out of place. So Okay, can we can I move them? <laughs> yeah, easily. It takes zero effort. Great. I will move the stars that are out of place into the correct place. And then as you do so, even with your detect magic off, you feel this surge of power. And then those stars one by one blink out of existence. And then you all hear a voice. Or rather, you don't hear it so much as you feel it in your minds and you feel the vibrations in your bodies in some way that is beyond your current perception, yet still able to be grasped by your mortal selves. And it says, You have come. One of you is chosen. The others are them. Which one then shall I take? Reese immediately steps forward. You step forward into the relative nothingness. Yes, with a very willing, willing heart to say, I will go. <laughs> Great. And then Reese just blinks into nothingness and is gone. <gasps> oh, snap. And then suddenly everyone else feels a pull and you feel as you're, you you feel this heat and you feel this pressure and if you turn you see that you are falling toward Egadon now and the fell is rapidly rapidly approaching and you see the familiar city of Threshold and the cathedral that you infiltrated oh so long ago for Magister Morden rushing to meet you and as your forms smash into its ceiling you blink awake in the catacombs beneath. There's a door etched into the wall in front of you. Slight lights all around you in the form of ethereal rats. What the heck kind of bullcrap is this? (laughs) Reese you selfish punk <laughs> so is Reese just like gone I don't know we'll see and you all sit up sit up yeah as if you were on the ground Lerotes and Captain Kelnius are with you Lad is not in this small little hallway but this is the same place where Luca presented his sacrifice right before you entered the catacombs that went down to the waystone that first split you apart. Are we in possession of the fifth shard? Ifron, laying at your feet, 
you see a bit of smoke drifting up from the ground. Still, in this darkness, you're able to catch the bits of light glinting off the wisps of smoke and heat rising from some object at your feet. And as you look down at it, you see a newly forged dagger, lines of heat and molten steel cooling on the different shards together. All five complete. Fran will pick it up. It's warm to the touch as you hold the dagger before you. Jeez Louise. And Reese is not with us. No. Lyrian's actually a bit in shock uh, that Reese, he blinked out of existence and then we were teleported back. He's not there. And he's just like, what just happened? Efron looks at the blade and he says, what is this? And then he looks at Lyrian and he looks angry and he says, you come to this world. You come to my home. You upset Valors. You paint a target on my back, on Val's back. And now you leave. You leave. Luca left. He took the easy way out. And now Reese, selfishly trying to take power from an ethereal. He is chosen. He is chosen. This, what is this? And will you too leave, Lyrian? Will you go on some errand for Vale, perhaps in search of power, taking the easy way out after making a mess of things and expecting the rest of us to clean up after you? He spits on the ground. I curse the day that you ever set foot on Egadon. And he turns around and he starts walking away. And you just hear in the background, Lad! Lad! Lad boy! Lad boy! And then high-pitched whistles occur as he's trying to call. Val will look very sadly at the rest of the party and kind of give them a a nod and then follow Ifran. I, I do believe I'm genuinely in shock. And then I turn as well, and I follow Ifram. Kelnies follows after Val when he goes, and then when she comes over to Leirats, she puts a hand on his shoulder and kind of pulls him along to get him to come along with her, and she says, Leirats, Leirats, he's not here. Let's go. Leaving Lyrian by himself. Lyrian, he goes to his knees thinking of everything Fran just said to him and he says to himself he's right they're all gone and I do have a mission for Vale to fulfill but it was never supposed to be like this I am now alone and he kind of puts his head down looking defeated and a tear rolls down his cheek As the party walks away in solemn silence from Lyrian, leaving him alone in the catacombs for the time being, high above the world, somewhere else entirely, Rhys stands in a field of light, shining grass, blue and white, comes up to his hips. He's not wearing his armor. In fact, he seems to be in nothing more than plain clothes simple tunic and trousers, barefoot, no mask either. But your light does not shine from you, but is instead found in everything else. The leaves of the trees, the gnarls in the wood and bark, and the sky, dotted with trillions of stars, and vistas of worlds and rings and nebulae, and sights that you've never even imagined before. And then walking beside you, in this field 
is an older man, same clothes as you. In fact, he looks a lot like you, just maybe 50, 60 years from now. And it takes you a second to even realize you're keeping pace with him, but then you do realize such. Do you keep walking or do you take a stop? Yeah, he... Reese takes a few more steps. He has his arms outstretched, feeling this grass that's coming up to his waist, just experiencing the sensation of it all, which is why it took him a little bit to realize, you know, this person who he is in step with. And as he glances over and sees him, he takes a few more steps before pausing. And does the figure also pause to his side? (laughs) Yes, he does. He takes a few more steps until he's two or three feet in front of you and then turns to face you and just has his hands folded in front of him and looks at you with a rather warm smile and bright eyes that, of course, remind you of your own. Of course, of course. And Reese does get, you know, some warm feels from inside of him. It's very different than the usual tempestuous rage that he just feels building with him all the time. It's quite pleasant. It's warm and it's happy. And he smiles and asks him a question. Is this truly real? Or is this another game that the gods of this realm play with our minds while our bodies exist somewhere else? It's not quite as simple as that, I'm afraid. (laughs) No, I figured... Whether something is real or not, or just in one's mind, and would that make it any less real? Or maybe more so? These are questions we can have... But ultimately, my friend, these are questions that matter little. What matters is where we are and what we do. What matters is our choices. The things we choose to partake in. And the people that we choose to walk alongside. I, here, now, invite you to walk alongside myself. My name is Sindur. I am a god. An ethereal. As the beings of this world call us. I am the creator of the race of the Sanguine, and I exemplify the blood and the body of mortals. Usually, ethereals are more aloof to your affairs, but given my relationship and my domains, you can probably assume that I can tend to be a bit more involved. Now, and he beckons you to walk alongside him and starts pacing. Come with me, Relandir. Reese follows. Tell me, I am unfamiliar with the world you come from and your strange companions, but you have managed to stir up some great trouble in our realm in the little time you've been here. (laughs) Quite honestly, I feel we have done that mostly by coincidence. We definitely did not set out to cause any trouble, but the more that we've uncovered and the more that we've caused, I, for one, certainly to the shock of my companions, have grown to be more and more drawn to the, as you say, things that may or may not be real. Indeed. And yes, though not your fault, coincidence is not to blame either. There is one to blame, for you were led astray quite purposefully. From the very beginning, I may add, even before you arrived, 
there is, you know, for all the good feelings that he's having at this moment, there does appear to be visibly in his face kind of a, a cringe of frustration because Reese feels like he knows who Sindor is talking about. Yes, I, I feel you reference these, and he kind of rubs his fingers together, fabrications, the, the sinews and strings that we've been seeing of light in a few places we've been. Ah, yes. You speak of Arduinium, a Valor, one that specializes in deceit, but she is not the ringleader, and not the one I was referring to either. Before we speak any further, though, I have a request, if you will humor me. Of course. If it, give, if it grants me more time in this glorious realm, then I will hear you out. Do not worry, Rolandia. We have as much time here as you so desire. In fact, if you never wish to return to Egadon or your own plane, you may choose to stay here. But I suspect by the end of our conversation, you may believe differently and desire differently than in this current moment. So, please, humor me then. I wish to hear of your upbringing. Of your father, your mother, your childhood, and the great calamity that befell you at a very young age. Of course, I feel no need to hide anything from a being such as yourself, but I one question out of curiosity, if I may. You claim to not have an understanding or a knowledge of my realm and my world, but how are you familiar with these things that occurred there? Every being that is created in this realm was created from the essence of the ethereals, or more specifically the essence drawn from the void, the well of all creation. As this essence has worked its way through you, coiled around you, been absorbed and released, it has taken bits and pieces of you. Emotions, feelings, memories, actions. These echoes in the music of the universe, as you have plucked the strings by your very being here, are felt all around. And it is from these echoes, these discordant tunes, that I am able to discern what I know about you, Relandir. Other than that, I would have to ask you directly, as I do now. And Reese kind of gets this half grin on his face. You know, he, he finds it's most of it's going over his head, but it's pretty cool. He can kind of pick up on the little bits and pieces of what's going on, and it's it's very interesting to him. Right then, very well. My childhood was a short-lived time. I was thrust at a very early age into a world where I needed to grow up. My mother was a being such as myself, an Asimar, as we are called. We are neither truly mortal, although we're not God either. We exist in this plane somewhere in between, and it can be a little confusing, especially when you are brought up in a small town such as I was, to know whether you are to be revered as this doer of good, a hero, if you will, or if you're simply to be shunned as a freak, an outcast. Well, my father was a human. He was fairly well-regarded 
in the town where I grew up and did his best to create as little controversy around his affair with my mother as he could. You see, she was not his wife. And that's truly where the trouble rose from initially. May I interrupt you? Yes. This word, human, you apply it to both these beings that, at least, your father stemmed from. But this is also the word that is used... And at this point, it's uh, interesting to note that you're both speaking just the common language of the old world. Huh. Okay, that is, yeah. You are, you're not speaking fellish to him. That is interesting. And he says, But in the languages of this world, be it Kinlish, Mazic, Felish, or the many other human dialects, or even those of the Sanguine, the word human is used. These beings, the children of Sereth, are they the same in my world as they were in yours? To an extent. For the most part, yes, although we did vary in our appearance, but for all intents and purposes, you may assume they were, they are the same. Although, whether they stem from this Sereth being, I do not know. Very well. Thank you for, for that answer. Please continue. Well, I will keep the first part brief. One thing led to another, and the town, unfortunately, chose to view both my mother and myself as a young child as those who should be cast out, shunned, feared. One night, uh, a man proclaimed himself the town watchman of his own accord, gathered a group, 15, 20 men, and attacked my small house at night. They killed my mother first, who was not expecting it. I was in the other room. And my father heard them enter and immediately ran, woke me, and we were able to hop out my window before they could come around. We fled into the woods, and at this point, Reese kind of, if there were any light left in him, you might even see it, like, dim a little bit. Well, I was scared. There's a certain variant of my race which harnesses this energy within them that for all intents and purposes, if not well-controlled, can destroy the very being it resides in. And in a fit of rage, as my father took an arrow to his shoulder from one of the attackers, well, I let loose. I was close enough to the village that this burst of energy caught my house on fire, and the dry brush from the summer quickly spread. The men who were chasing quickly gave up, as they were alight and burning. And I simply ran further. I heard the screams. Next thing I knew, I was passed out on some backwoods road. And I was found by a man, well-armored, with a strange insignia on his chest. He belonged to a militant group called the Rift Wardens. The same insignia you wear, no? Yes, and Reese kind of subconsciously starts touching it and just kind of moving his fingers around the sword and um, laurels that are on it. Well... It gave me a place. They claimed they were short of members to go on a glorious adventure, a journey that would alter the course of history. And to a young man who really was trying to escape his past, it sounded like a perfect out. So I joined them and did well for myself. I was a good fighter. They respected that. But despite their claims of being welcoming to all, it quickly fell back into the old pattern where they feared rather than respected. And at that point, I figured I'd gather up a team as quick as I could and 
adventure through we, what we called the Rift, and that is the portal by which we came into your world. Very interesting. The Rift is a disturbance. What it is and where it originated from, I do not know, but I have my suspicions, as I believe the others do as well. Let me tell you, Reese, about the creation of this world. Long ago, there was nothing but pure essence, as it were. Over countless years, countless millennia, it came together by some force, some external force, which we only know as the Void. Some have deemed to call it Bane, but this name holds no credence, for there is nothing to justify that the Void is alive in any way, shape, or form. It is simply a power, a power to draw things together, like gravity brings leaves to the ground in autumn. From this intelligence, this consciousness, this essence, two beings were born, egg and air. They were, for all intents and purposes, you could say brothers or or sisters, twins, however you want to put it. Whatever words you wish to prescribe to them, it matters little, but they were siblings, alike and equal in every way, and together... They drew upon their own essence, that which made up their forms, and they created Egadon, which means the body of Egg. Now, your histories differ greatly on the truth, and whether or not I am at liberty to divulge said truth, I am hesitant, but I will tell you this much. Egg, who is my father, or mother, or again, whatever you so desire? And Air did not see eye to eye on what should be created, how and when. And when they fought, it was cataclysmic, climactic. And at the conclusion of this bout, this battle that lasted all of half a second, but also all of eternity, Agadon was both created and destroyed, and Air was cast out. Some call Vale a fallen ethereal, but that is incorrect. Vale was a mortal, a precursor to the humans you know today. He was chosen as a reality from before his birth to fulfill his quest, and he did so valiantly. How his reputation has molded into what it is currently, I do not know. And he has been slow to embrace it, although I wish he weren't. Air, on the other hand is a fallen ethereal. He walks the world of Egadon, every footstep scorning Egg, scorning Egg's children. He works tirelessly to bring about the destruction of everything that we hold dear, and in turn, yourselves. You've met Air. Reese, who had been kind of like twiddling with the grass between his fingers while uh, Sindor was talking to him and listening, like kind of clenches, and I don't know if it like pulls some of it free and snaps it, like breaks it, but and then he like immediately fixates on his eyes, and he says, the man who appeared to me in my vision, I will reveal it to you. But first I must say this, what I can do for you 
what the other ethereals can do, what even Egg can do, are bound. We are bound by laws. Bound by rules older than us. Crafted from the void. Mechanisms of creation and destruction and manipulation that we cannot overcome. And so, we are restrained from simply lifting our hands and doing away with this destructive influence. That is the purpose of the realities. To empower mortals to a higher station so that they are in a position to act in our stead. For they can influence this world. And though with a snap of my fingers I could create new life, I could form a planet from nothing, and then disperse it once more into its base elements a thousand times over, Agadon's creation is complete, and I am bound by the laws that were laid long before I was born. I realize this is a lot. (laughs) Quite, but I think I'm catching the gist of it. It is my suspicion that Air is the one that created the rifts. I don't know how long he's been toying with these portals between worlds, ours and yours, but maybe one day we'll know for sure. Still, it matters little. In fact, it matters not when or where, only that it is. As I said, you have met Air. The worst is yet to come, though. And so, Reese kind of now loosening his fingers grip on these blades of grass, kind of pats them together in front of him and clasps them behind his back, falling into a relaxed soldier's stance. And I assume this is where you let me know what you would have me do about it. I heard your conversation with Vale. (laughs) Yes, it was uh, something I was not even expecting out of myself to be quite honest, but I must push that the feeling was true, and it persists. I have dedicated my life and my past world to serve the beings that we count as our divinity, but as I said before, I exist in this weird space in the middle that has always pulled me further towards the divine than the man. I know your intentions, and I know your desires. And your quest, I must humbly deny. There is no way, Reese, Relandia, that you could become a reality. It is beyond you. However, I sense something within you. A great power that I believe can be manipulated, if you so desire. Reese, who at hearing that his request was denied, kind of did it turn around swipe with his hand and looked off in the distance but now he slowly turns back around yes yes of of course it it was foolish of me to presume so much for only being here such a short time what what I truly desire is simply to have some purpose again to serve one who does shape my reality as you as you mentioned and That will be good enough for me. If you desire a tool to use, I can be that. I can take your light and reshape it and gift it back to you in the form of essence. I can imbue you with the powers commonly reserved for those at Sereth's command. 
the humans of the world call them godborn. And it is not far from truth. You would be reborn. You would not be Reese anymore. But I would have you take your true name, Relandir, and do my duty upon the face of Egadon, as a godborn of Sindur. And Reese, he's been kind of just staring, almost at Sindur's feet, but beyond them this whole time. That name, although it is my true name, <laughs> is something I have avoided since since that day I spoke of in my childhood. It's always reminded me of... Ah. does not matter. If it is true what you say, and I can be reborn as a child of this world, then I gratefully accept I will do it. Rolandia will no longer be a mark of shame or otherness, but a bulwark against the forces that seek to do harm to Egadon and its children. You will wear it proudly. You will shed all titles and stations you have ever held before, for this will be the only position you will hold until the end of your given life, upon which you will return to me. I give you but one charge, and that is to stop Air from fulfilling his purposes. What those purposes are, I do not know. I believe Vale is your ally. He seeks to do the same, to stop this rogue ethereal. Though he has been stripped of most of his power, he is not powerless, not nearly. If he were to become aware of your mission, he could destroy you instantly, effortlessly, all of you. So you must not tell your companions his true identity, though I will reveal it to you here. Can you promise me that? And uh, that Reese reaches up to his insignia, which clasps his cape upon him, undoes it, and it falls to the ground, and he takes a knee. Yes. Then, Relandia, godborn of Cinder, disciple of mine, child of Egadon, and light in the grass and the trees begins to dim and you feel this this energy coursing through your feet into your body and it's warm and it's welcoming and at the same time you feel this other energy that you held as a scourge asmr be swallowed up and dispersed outward from your eyes from your face from your fingertips out into the universe beyond and then disappear and then sindor says Relandia, rise, and I give you this charge. Uncover the plans of the rogue ethereal air. Stop them. And if you can, using all you have, destroy him. And Reese nods his head. On my life, I will do this. Very well. When you return to Egadon, you will have power over intent. You will be able to make whatever you can picture in your mind's eye become reality. Intent is the manipulation of the essence all around you. The binding and unbinding. The creation and destruction of the very matter and intelligence that makes up every single living and non-living thing. It will take time to learn, but you will master it. And you will have help from both your friend, Val, you should keep close for this very purpose and one that is of great import to these times a young woman by the name of Lunavra you must find her you must find her before Air finds her and still you must find your friend Vamak 
and keep all of them away from air. Who you've met, who you've known as the Wanderer. <laughs>